0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas, brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet.
1: Steve, how can I help you? Uh, Jim, we're building
2: a an uh, uh, extra bedroom on our existing home. Uh, the the bedroom is going to be an old, uh, our uh, what well, what was our floor? When we knock the position out, there's about from the existing house to the carport when we want to build the bedroom, there's about a, a little inch or maybe a little bit more than an inch drop. How can we help that, alleviate that, smooth that out? Is it possible?
1: It is. Uh let me ask you a couple really quick questions though all right is the carport part of the house foundation or or is it a separate pour? is there a joint there
2: it's it's separate
1: okay chances are real good that's just four inch concrete then and not designed to be built on well so before uh... you before you build on it, you need to verify that. Um, and it's easy to verify. Go on the outer edges and just dig a hole down and see if it's got a beam or if it's just you know like four inch thick concrete. Okay. And if it now, doesn't, if it if it doesn't have a beam, you can't don't build on it. All right. You'd have to take it out so, and re pour. If if it has the beams, then yes, you can build on it. And what are you going to put on for flooring?
2: We were going to put on that vinyl, you know, wood like flooring. I think it's a bang. Okay.
1: All right. Typically, uh, when I'm going to cap concrete, I tell people two-inch minimum uh, for capping concrete. But since you've only got one inch, they do make some floor levelers that you can use that will go to an inch. So you could get away with doing it that way and uh, you know raise it up and, and not have to worry about it then. It, it, it's okay. not going to be cheap. But it's not it's not a deal breaker either.
2: Okay, it's, it's floor levelers. I mean, guys, come out and, and
1: most. Yeah, most floor levelers are good for, you know, like a quarter inch or so. But they they make some that are specifically made for one inch gaps like this, or you know, one okay. inch thick. And you just have to make sure that's what you get is is one that's made for the thickness.
2: Okay, and where can I get floor levelers?
1: Uh, even Lowe's and Home Depot carry it, uh, but definitely Floor and Decor has it.
2: Okay, we're familiar with All
1: right. Yeah.
2: Okay, all right. Okay, I think that's all I needed, and I
1: appreciate it. You bet. You take care.
2: All right, thank you.
1: Bye. And, and you know, that, that little thing I told them as far as 4-inch concrete... I get a lot of people who try to build on patios and driveways and things like that. You get it built, a few years later, things are moving. It is not repairable. It is take the concrete out and re-pour. It's a heck of a lot more expensive to do it after you got a structure on it than it is to do it before the structure is there. Stephen and Kleber, how can I help you?
3: Hey, um, what I've got is a problem with a... Uh, the... When they built my house, their, our house, the, um, they put a long um, air duct in, like about 40 feet from the dryer to the end of the house, and water is accumulating okay. down there at the end, and I was wondering what I could do to eliminate that problem, or should I try to find another way to route that duct or what? I mean, if the, the duct is actually in the foundations, so I can't really move it. I just have to see what I can do to eliminate that.
1: Okay, so they ran the duct under the slab? Or is oh, it a it's, bakken it's, base
3: i guess it's I guess it's in the slab I don't know, I think I don't know if it's under yeah, the slab
1: well it, it would yeah it would be under because uh the slab itself is only four inches thick okay. now the beams are are deeper, but when they run pipes and stuff like that uh they run yeah. them typically under okay. uh the concrete so uh now the our water lines they do run those in the slab itself but the the dryer okay. vent would be under so uh okay. that's going to be a pvc line then right and so where's the moisture coming from is there uh the end of it open where rain is getting in there
3: well it's it, you no, know, it's it's uh it's got a little like um uh, a roof over the top of it but even when it's i mean yeah it can get in there if it rains i guess you know if it's real hard rain, but. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't have to rain, and water accumulates in there. I can go and get, like, uh, you know, I stick a rag in there and try to, you know, sc- and grab some water, and I can get about maybe five or six cups each time, or maybe more, uh, before it's, Ooh. you know, before I can't get any more.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we got one of two things going on. Either there's a joint that's not sealed and leaking water in from the ground, or condensation, and honestly that's more than condensation would do. So it really sounds like there's a joint that's leaking and allowing uh-huh. groundwater to to get into the pipe.
4: Uh-huh. Hmm. So
1: okay. depending on what's going on, uh, you know, if if that's the case, obviously it could be dug up and and secured that way. Uh I'm not sure if it's close enough to the end of the pipe it where the joint is that's leaking and a person could reach in there and and seal around the joint, that maybe would fix the problem, but uh, a camera would have to be run down through the pipe to see exactly where the water's coming in. Oh, okay. And and the same camera that they would use to, to run through a sewer pipe can be used to uh-huh. run through a, a a vent like that.
3: I see. Okay. Uh, the other option I was thinking of is I've got a... Uh, Another way I could run it through, like through the side of the house, but in order to do that, it would have to go through a uh, closet where the electric water heater is, and I, I don't think that would be a good idea. But uh, if you know, if I have to eliminate the problem, if that's what it takes, and I would be, you know, willing to do that. But does that sound like something? Oh yeah, that I
5: mean,
1: if you if if you have room to run it through that closet that the okay. water heater in, yes sir, go ahead. It okay. it's, it's not going to hurt anything in there. Uh, I don't think of any codes that that would violate, so mm-hmm. uh, you know you okay. gotta just make sure that it's not up against the heating element or something for the water heater right. uh okay. and you probably have a tank water heater right now, correct yes, sir, yeah, you know That's eventually, correct. when you change out that water heater if you went tankless, it did be a mute point, yeah, okay, all right, well, I appreciate your your help. You bet take care, Steve. thank you. You know, just for everybody listening, eventually all water heaters will end up going tankless. Uh, Now, we're talking years and years away, but it will eventually go that way. From Walter in McKinney, Hi, Jim, my sprinkler works most of the time. However, sometimes on stations four and five, he has five stations, the refrigerator makes a noise and sometimes one of the toilets. When this toilet is flushed and the tank fills up, the refrigerator makes this noise. Is this a major concern? Thanks, Walter. Well, no, not really. More than likely, what's causing this is just the amount of water that's flowing during that usage. Uh, When a toilet is flushed, you you get a lot of water going into the tank to fill it back up your stations four and five are probably using more water flow than the other stations do. And so there's more than likely something in the refrigerator, and it's not the refrigerator itself, as much as it is the line going to the refrigerator. Uh, you probably you must have an ice maker or water dispenser, and that line is is probably harmonizing with the water, typically being caused by an O-ring or washer that is wearing out or come loose. So, is it a major concern? No. Is it something that could probably be addressed? Quite possibly. And one of the things that uh, may address it is is just checking that on-off valve under the sink that goes to the refrigerator. And just so we can clear up exactly what's causing it, shut the valve off, flush the toilet, run zones four and five, and see if it makes that noise. If it doesn't, you know it's in that valve. So you can either rebuild the valve or, quite honestly, probably just change the valve out. Problem will be solved. Uh, and that's, that's uh, the direction I would head with it. Kelly, this is Jim. How can I help you?
3: Thanks, Jim. Thanks for taking my call. I love the show. Um
1: Hey, I appreciate a, you calling. Had a porch poured on the back of my house about fifteen
3: years ago. Big porch, about twenty by thirty foot, and uh, we in- initially wanted to cover it, but I haven't gotten around to that yet. <laughs> over, <laughs> so, uh, over the years, it's just gotten nasty; it just turned black with all the. It's exposed to all the elements, so yesterday, me and sure. me and my wife spent a couple of hours power washing this patio off, and it's all pretty again. What my question is. Should I seal it up with something to make it easier to clean next time or just get in the habit of power washing it every year?
1: <laughs> well, and, and typically we don't have to do it every year. It's really every couple years that you need to do it. Um, there are products you can put on to clean it up, like Wet and Forget is, is a product uh, that you can put on. And basically it, it just sits there and cleans up stuff. The, the What you're seeing on the concrete is normally just uh, dust and dirt and grime that builds up in the pores of the concrete. Yep. Uh, and so if you did it every couple of years, it'll go a whole lot easier than every 15. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: Appreciate it, Jim.
1: You bet. And, and I, I'm going to give you just a, a quick tip on that. Go yep. over to Northern Tool and Supply, and you know they, they've got those round things it looks like it's a floor buffer kind of but it hooks up to your pressure washer and it basically just sling it around on the uh concrete in the the uh, sprayer is spinning inside that round thing it does a beautiful job of cleaning concrete because it does it nice and evenly everywhere you don't end up with those lines and streaks and it goes way faster than trying to use just the spray wand
2: all right. I'm going
1: to go get one. All righty. You take care. Thanks. Bye. And, again, our number, 1-800-288-927. And it just FYI, they've got multiple sizes. I mean, um you can get them where it's just a, a little 12-inch diameter and – It doesn't even have rollers on it. It has a brush that's all the way around the perimeter, so as you're moving it across, it's cleaning that way. To where I've got one that's a, I think it's 24-inch diameter with wheels on it, all stainless steel, and I use that out on bigger projects and stuff, but they really make short time of doing that kind of work and and, uh, clean it up extremely nice. Jeff, this is Jim. How can I help you?
6: Okay, yeah, uh, air scrubbers, uh, I had my spring uh, tune-up on my, I got two AC units in my house, and they recommended an air scrubber and gave me a quote on it. What's your uh, what's your idea on those?
1: And why are they trying to sell you one? Okay. Do you have any special needs for one?
6: Well, my wife has allergies and stuff, but, you know, I bought one of those uh, Costco uh, master bedroom little portable uh, air filters, systems with a HEPA filter, and and, uh, I mean, it seems to do all right, but and we've been in the house 20 years, um, and uh, they just, you know, he sold, he was trying to sell me on it, and I went online and kind of did some research on it, but uh, I just, uh, I know you do AC units and stuff, and you're an honest man, I was just wondering what you think about it.
1: Yeah. If there is a special need for having one, they're fine. Uh, In general, Uh most of us don't need them. But, you know, when you mentioned uh, your wife has the the allergies and different things like that, uh, they can definitely help with some of that stuff. But, honestly, it is not a cure-all like some AC
6: people like to tell us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you go online, every AC company that's advertising them is... You know they're pushing them um, but I was just trying to yep you know in our area with all the pollen and stuff we deal with inside the house uh, and outside you know I didn't know if that would be a big help for or not well
1: you know in today's in uh AC systems are you still running a one inch fiberglass filter uh down by the the grates or do you have a media filter up in the attic?
6: No, I have three. Uh, I have three um, uh, return filters in the house. They're up in the ceiling. You know, I it would be great. You know, you got to get a ladder. Okay, and change them out.
1: And so, in in that type of situation, with your wife having the allergies and the way the pollens and pollutions are and stuff, it, it definitely would help. Um, in a house that has like a 3- or 4- or 5-inch media filter, those are a lot denser. And so it pulls out a lot more of those pollens and different things like that than just the regular fiberglass filters do. And in, in a situation like that, I would probably say I wouldn't spend the money on it. So uh, it just, in your system, it would probably be a help. But like like I said, is it going to eliminate like some of them will tell you, it eliminates 99.9%. No, it eliminates 99.9% of what goes exactly by it, but not of everything that's in the house.
6: Yeah. Plus, I have two units. He said one would handle the whole house. My house is 3,000 square foot. I've got two units, and I was thinking, man, this thing must really be strong, you know, and it's just kind of a, uh, you know, a UV light in a little... Cubicle thing, you know that. Uh, just trying to figure out how this thing would would do that much, you, you, you know purification. You, you mind my asking
1: what they're wanting to? You mind my asking what they want for nine nine
6: hundred nine hundred dollars? Okay. Yeah, I got to put in a step down transformer in there, a twenty four volt transformer, which I can do. I'm an electrician. I mean, I can probably put the okay. whole thing in there, but it, I think they they said that these are only sold to uh, uh, contractors, hey. this particular HVAC brand. is con-
1: uh, licensed, yeah.
6: Right, uh-huh. And you just uh, cut a hole in the plenum and, you know, install this thing. And uh, it's on anytime your fan comes on.
4: Uh,
6: yeah. Or you can have it on 24 hours. But, I mean, your fan has to be working for it to circulate to do any good. So...
1: And you know, you you see that they use the UV lights in hospitals and different things like that. Uh, it does kill germs and everything. Uh, yeah, and we again, don't
4: have a it's, it's with just that. not I mean, a,
1: it's not it's not a
6: catch-all. Right. Okay. And yeah, it's not it's, know it's know not going to do
1: anything. It's not going to do anything for you for the pollens. What is it, the. It's uh-huh. what it's going to do is it's going to help you with uh, basically airborne bacterias and things like that.
6: Uh, yeah, we're not sickly or anything. I mean, she just she'll get headaches every once in a while when, especially this time of year. You know, from yep. I mean, who doesn't? You know, in Houston. Yeah. So and it seems to last like so, three months, and then everything's good after that.
1: I I won't say I don't recommend them once in a blue moon, but honestly, in the situation you're in, uh, send me seventy nine ninety five. Save yourself nine hundred dollars, and, and we'll both be happy.
6: <laughs> All right, I appreciate your honesty, man. Enjoy your show. <laughs>
1: All righty, thank you, sir. Take <laughs> care. You. Bye. John and Spring, welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
4: Thank you, sir. Um... Yes, yeah, so I got I got the, it's kind of a two part question. So after the the ice in February of 21 the water pressure went significantly lower and okay. Um and and then in the, in the neighborhood, you know, like on the Facebook group, people are saying they're having water problems, pipe problems uh since then they're getting appliance problems, having to replace appliances and I'm Number, I, so I'm wondering, uh, is it related? And, you know, what can I do about the water pressure? I had, I had a, uh, a handyman who does plumbing come out, but he's, he said that it's sediments probably in the faucets. And, you know, we, we cleaned out a couple of the shower heads, but it still doesn't fix the, the water pressure problem. And I'm just wondering, you know, is the, is the sediment still building up in the pipes and are they doing damage to the house and the appliances? And what, what can I do?
1: All right. John, I'm going to put you on hold for a minute because we got to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll start addressing that because, you know what? A lot of people are having that
0: problem. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us.
1: James in southeast Houston, how can I help you?
5: Yes. Um, I have a question for you. Um i was listening to your program last like last saturday or sunday right at the end and you were talking about somebody leveling up their ceiling by putting uh metal across it metal strips and bolting them to it can you do the same thing with the floor joist
1: oh let me think what i was talking
5: about well okay the problem i'm having is the the floor joist in my house it's a very old house and right in the middle it is sagged down No, it's level across the walls, but if you put it across, if you put a level across the walls, it's level. But if you put it across the floor, of course, it's sinking down a little where they had something heavy at one time. Okay. So do I have to replace the floor joists or is there an easier alternative? Oh, no. uh,
1: No. It's a crawl space house, correct?
5: Yes. On blocks, yes.
1: Yeah. And so, and this isn't the second floor. It's on the first floor.
5: Yeah. And it's not, it's a one story house.
1: Yeah, so yes, you can go underneath and put a temporary support there to jack that area up. Now, that could be like a 4x6 beam that goes across the floor joists that are sagged. You put a jack mm-hmm. underneath it on a on a pad to jack that area up. And then you can reinforce those boards. Uh and yeah, I know what you were talking about now. Uh yes, you can use a steel plate to go across, bolt that into those floor joists and it'll it'll keep them from just dropping down again uh on a floor joist like that though uh you could also just go pop probably with a, another floor joist nailed next to the one you have after you've got it mm-hmm. jacked up you just slide the second one in there and nail them together and it'll it typically but, will keep them from sagging again
5: okay yeah so that's my question and do i have to use a full length uh New no. floor joist, or can I use just like in the middle, like what, six foot, eight foot of it?
1: Well, it'll depend on how big the sag is. Uh, you you okay. you've got to go out beyond the sag, uh,
5: okay.
1: otherwise, I can, I, 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 it, it it won't take all of it out.
5: Okay. And as far as attaching it, it's okay to nail it with a nail gun, or is it better to use bolts all the way through with washers or?
1: No, if if. If you you're talking about for the steel plate or the board, the board, you can use nails. You'll okay. you'll nail the heck out of it, but uh, it'll be just fine to use nails.
5: Okay, that sounds good to
1: me. Let's go to Memorial. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing wonderful. Good. I'm I live in a townhouse, and I in the past two or three years. A lot of my neighbors have had to replace their cast-iron plumbing under the house, the sewer. And my question is, would there be any advantage in doing that before I have an actual problem? Or do I need to wait? Or Hopefully it won't ever happen, but it's not looking good. It Um, will happen. It it will. I'm afraid you're exactly right. Yeah. So... more than likely you already have leaks in the cast iron. It's very okay that, uh, at this point in time because they haven't used cast iron since uh, early 70s. So it's very wow. rare at this point that the systems aren't leaking uh, because they've deteriorated so much. Um, the, most people don't realize they have an issue until the system either severely starts plugging up or they're having foundation problems uh, because the the broken cast iron does a lot of that so in many Mm -hmm. cases yes if you know you're destined to have it you can do what's called a static test that will tell you yes it's leaking or no it's not uh and then really kind of how fast it's leaking because if the static test you can't even fill the system yeah you you'd want to plan and Go ahead and get that taken care of pretty quick. But if, say, they pull a static test and the water only drops 2 inches in 20 minutes, you're not in a rush to get it done then. Does it need to be done? Yes, but do you have to do it immediately? No.
3: Well, and so you think it's safe to do the static test?
1: Oh, absolutely. I've heard. Uh, you, absolutely. You know, I own, a pl- I own a plumbing company, and we do it, uh, and foundation repair. And every foundation job we do, we do static tests uh, before and after leveling just to make sure that there aren't leaks. And there's a lot of them that are cast iron systems. Yes, you can absolutely do it. Okay. So uh, that would be your first recommendation, get a plumber out here to do that test for me. Yes, ma'am. Let's head to San Francisco. David, how are you today?
0: Hey, well, not too bad, Jim. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you a question about earthquakes that can be uh, as applicable uh, out here in San Francisco as it can out in Midland. I noticed that yep. uh, Mid- Midland's been getting sometimes two and three uh, earthquakes a day. At the their small ones. They're in the three level, but I would imagine that uh, uh, the grinding basically is kind of playing hell on their uh, foundations. And I'm wondering if there's a way of measuring. uh, I mean, cracks are easy to spot, but is there a way of... uh, Many of these earthquakes only started, what, about six months ago? And uh, I would think that if a person took high-quality photographs in their basements or in their foundations, they'd be able to do some measurement. But is there a sort of a professional way of uh, of doing measuring to see how much it's uh, affecting everyone's houses? Uh, there
1: is. And, uh, and actually, Irving, Texas, uh, they went through a rash of them, oh, I don't know, a year or two ago. Uh, they're, and they they're were on the list. Insane. Yeah,
0: they, they show yeah. up too, yeah. Yep.
1: And uh, there is a a uh, new system out that I'm actually looking at. Uh, I shouldn't say looking. I'm going to be installing some of these systems. Uh, you know, I have a foundation repair company. And this is a monitoring system, much like a zip level works, where it's got a hose with uh, a gas and a fluid in the hose. And through atmospheric pressure, it monitors the up and down movement of the foundation. They actually you put this line all the way around the perimeter of the foundation. You, you can dig it down just below the ground surface so it's hidden and everything. But if the foundation moves just a fraction of an inch and I'm talking uh you know millimeters. Right? This system will monitor it. And so it'll be very interesting to see in these areas where we do get some tremors like that, uh, exactly what that does to the foundation. Because I can tell you, through construction uh, and stuff, you know, our soils when they dry out they'll shrink, and the slab, especially newer slabs, will stay spanned out over the soil that has shrunk away. But if you get a uh, road construction or or these earthquake tremors and stuff. They can sometimes shake it enough where poop it drops, right. and so yeah, it'll be very interesting to start seeing how some of these uh, things come in. Uh, basically, I'm setting up a monitoring system where we'll, be, we'll install the system, we'll monitor it for you, and um, you know, be able to give you a report on you know whether it's monthly, quarterly, yearly, however you want it uh... on what the foundation is doing but it's it's monitoring so that uh, what i'm looking at using it for is monitoring for preventative maintenance uh... hey this tree is getting large enough it's now affecting this corner over here time to put a root right. barrier on it uh... something like that yeah you know, Your watering is working fine but you need to increase this side a little bit
0: well when I, I, I moved to california after the 89 earthquake but uh, i was here by 90 and it, uh-huh. Un-reinforced, uh, unreinforced concrete, unreinforced brick houses uh, were uh, basically, in San Francisco oh. anyway, they were uh, required to... Destroyed. Well, not destroyed, but they were at least required to upgrade so that you had like some metal braces or, you you know, various things to, to make sure that they wouldn't just crumble in, uh, in a big one. And in, uh, so, you know, we've gone through a few earthquakes since then, nothing to those degrees. But what I'm, uh, you know, when you start looking at the New Mexico Texas line over there, uh, you've probably got a lot of uh, old adobes and unreinforced uh, uh, brick houses, old ones, you know, a hundred year old, couple of hundred year old uh, houses. And I would imagine that they're basically being uh, put at risk. And I'm wondering, you were talking a little about zoning uh, as the show opened, and I'm wondering, uh, you know, is uh, what's, what's going to have to happen out there in order to keep people safe, you know, from like an old adobe house collapsing?
1: Well, the bad part is people never worry about that until the big one hits and there's major problems. Uh, and and quite frankly, we just haven't had any earthquakes big enough in Texas that people are concerned about it yet. Uh, have there been some minor grumbling about it? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and they're blaming it all on fracking and stuff like that. Right. Uh, but people don't realize these earthquakes have been going on in these areas since the beginning of time. And every once, every... Several hundreds of years, it, this area gets major earthquakes. And, yes, we will get one, and you will see major building code changes when that happens.
0: Yeah. I, I've, I've, it's been my understanding that they really – you remember they were trying to put the nuclear repository down there along the uh, – both out at Midland and in New Mexico over in there because they were saying they were there were no earthquakes out there. Uh, you know, they were going to store all of this nuclear waste for half a million years uh, in a place with no earthquakes. Well, all of a sudden, the earthquakes are showing up. And uh, I think that five earlier in the year is the big uh, alarm bell. And now these ones that are showing up, you can can look at uh, the uh, federal government has their earthquake registry, and they're showing up two and three a day in the three ranges. And uh, so I'm just this constant grinding. Uh, you know, what are people going to expect out there?
1: Well, I have an office right next to Irving, and I've been in that office when we've had the three, I, I can't remember, it was a three-something hit, and you, you could feel it. You could see the water move. So I know it is affecting things, but to date I haven't seen anything that they're looking at making any changes.
0: Well, that's a shame yeah it, it, you can't imagine if if you've got an old house, especially a brick one i you know i had uh, i was brought up in in missouri uh there are not a lot of earthquakes out there, but i've seen a lot of chimneys you know attached to the side yep. of a house they get uh, pretty uh pretty and uh shaken up and tilting away from the foundation and uh oh, yeah. you know that's the sort of thing that if they've got old chimneys if they've got uh you know, foundations and not necessarily just a a flat one, but a a real basement. Uh, You know, you're going to start to have water leaking in. uh, And then, of course, this gets to the issue of if fracking is causing the problems, uh, are people going to be able to sue for damages or if they're just going to skate and and get away with it? Well,
1: they they, they haven't been able to prove any of that yet, and so, uh, you know, that's still all... Up in question, as far as what's causing it, but and, and David, I hate to do this to you because I've enjoyed the conversation, but I got to take a break
0: yeah well take care yeah, appreciate it
1: Alan and Conroe welcome to Texas Home Improvement
0: uh yes, sir I've got a, a guest bathroom where I've got some sort of moisture issue um, but for the life of me, I can't find a leak either in a drain or in a in a uh, incoming line um, in the roof I can't find. Anywhere. I also can't find the wet spot that's causing moisture, I can just smell it. And I I don't know what to do at this point.
1: Okay, and it's in just that one restroom?
0: Uh yes. The the restroom's in between two guest uh bedrooms and the smell okay. is in neither one of the guest bedrooms, just the bathroom.
1: Okay. Uh have you had any foundation work done? No. What's the age of the home?
3: I believe it was built ninety six.
1: Okay. Check the uh, waste and overflow of the bathtub. Okay. They're t- they're typically the way a bathtub is done when they're when they're pouring the foundation is they leave a one foot square hole for the for the uh, drain pipe for the bathtub. Yeah, When the waste the and open over- one of
0: the closets of the bedroom.
1: Yeah, if you'll open up that access panel and look in mm-hmm. there, you're probably going to find that it's moist in there the waste and the overflow might have come loose and is letting moisture get underneath that, that's probably causing that odor. Okay, it's getting underneath if the that, tub? If that, and if that's the a case, they, uh, it'd be under the in that square un, under the tub. Uh, okay. When you open up the access panel, you'll be able to see that square and see if the soil is moist. And okay. if that's a case, the case, the waste and overflow is something that, that can be handled and... You know isn't ungodly expensive by any means uh, so hopefully that's all it is some of the other things that c- can cause this is if there is a leak under a vanity sometimes the moisture will get under the vanity you know there's typically a three inch space between the vanity bottom and the floor and if the moisture gets in there it can give you that kind of odor as well
0: okay I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'll check those links. You bet. Take care. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.